this poor girl next to me, I'm like, just take it. Like, okay, this is who I am. I've packed tissues. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Mama, mamas. <laughs> How have I not used that intro before? That's a classic. Um, hi. It has actually been like a month since I recorded my last solo pod. Just finished editing it. Um, and funny enough, I wrote everything out and was going to record it yesterday, but... Um, as I was about to hit record, my friend calls me and we have a serious heart to heart about, um, a very similar situation that she is in, um, compared to my relationship with Jack. Um, and we just had a great heart to heart. And then, um, my other friend called me and she had had, um, like a panic attack that day. And so we were talking about that. And with both of them, I'm like, thank you so damn much for calling me because it's it's something that I ironically need to work on <laughs> is reaching out. And um, <laughs> as I have a podcast, um, but like actually when I'm in the stress and the overwhelm, like that's when it's hard for me to reach out. I find it easier to do my internal processing and then come and record. Um, but anyway, so yeah, for both of them, I'm like, thank you, because now I feel like I can reach out to you too. You know, it just, it helps me as well. Um, so we had a good heart to heart. And just all day yesterday, I was like in the flow. I'm like, you know what? I am just going to do what I want to do today. And whatever indication, like I'm following my intuition all day, whatever I feel like I'm going to just do. So I had a feeling to go outside to the backyard to the picnic table. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out. It was sunny. It was nice. And my roommate was there. And we start having a heart to heart about um, a challenge that's upcoming for her. Um, and then my other roommate came up. And we had a heart to heart. And then I go inside and I'm coloring. And then my other roommate comes up and we have another heart to heart. And I'm like, okay, this is just a lovey dovey magical day. Um, and I'm just here for it. I'm down. Um, so, you know what's crazy, mamas, is this month has been extremely challenging. <laughs> for me. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> um, in every way, I feel like I have, you know how I talk about death and transformation and like feeling like you're going to die in your emotions. I had so many moments of those, like almost every day I felt like I was dying <laughs> in a different way. And, um, it's, it's been like a hot, fiery mess of like, here it is. So I don't know if y'all heard, but we had an ice storm in Texas. And so the work that I've been doing on the trailer, the guys did end up coming to pick it up. 
thank God. Um, and I will give you updates on that. But I told you all I took out the kitchen cabinets in order to work on them while the trailer was having its flooring done. And so I was able to accomplish that, but there's a lot more to do, right? There's reupholstering, there's the counters, there's more to paint, there's the sinks, hardware, all that fun stuff. Um, but there was an ice storm and so it was freezing weather. I'm like, I, I can't work outside in this obviously. Um, and there was like power outages going on, but we got so lucky. Um, like my roommates, they, they were like, yeah, no, if we lose power, I've already told my son to come pick me up. I've already told my daughter to come pick me up. And I'm like, cool, cool. I'm, I'm just going to layer up in here. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, but thank God, like we, we lost power every once in a while, but it was never like a hugely significant amount of time. Totally lucky um, because on the, the day that the ice started to melt, I was like out of groceries, which is fine. Like I've got rice and shit, right? Whatever. Um, but I went to Walmart to go get groceries and Walmart was closed. They didn't have power. So I'm like, okay, this is now an apocalyptic situation that we're in. Um, but, but again, right. We're so lucky. I'm so lucky that I got power. Um, other places got hit a lot harder. There was no like damage to the house. Um, but we did lose Wi-Fi. So I was, my roommates are being rowdy as fuck right now. I don't know if you can hear them. Um, <laughs> let's say Christy laugh, but we, we lost Wi-Fi and thankfully I had, gotten myself a new phone for Christmas because I told y'all I had my old two phones that were just shit and needed charging all the time and I was having huge technical difficulties with my last phone and my last phone company and I'm like you know what fuck this just just get me a TELUS plan and US Canada just let's just go for it and I got this phone iPhone 14 which has a great camera um, which I really wanted in order to take to stage pictures for the travel trailer for when I Airbnb it. And so I had my phone, I had my hotspot, and I was using that on my laptop. So I'm like, so I told you I was going to go on leave with my work, like while they were putting me on leave because it's a downtime with the university, which I did not know about because I didn't do my due diligence and research. Um, and I mean, this is just the situation I'm in. I'm still on leave for another week and a half. Um, so, and then as soon as the weather cleared, the the first nice day after the ice storm i went for a run and my friend called me during the run actually and she can attest i was totally like not winded at all i it was one of those workouts that you like pray for it's like the one a year that you're like fuck yeah i'm not even tired i'm just like flying feeling fine come home and shower and i wake up the next morning and my right ankle is like, I can't hardly put any weight on it. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, I mean, there was nothing I could have done to have prevented that. I was feeling great that workout. So I was like, okay. 
So I'm not working on trailer things today because the, the ground outside is very uneven. And I'm struggling. To, I'm like hobbling to walk around. I'm like, I'm not going to aggravate this injury. I'm going to rest it. So I can't work on the trailer. I can't work on my work. I can apply to jobs, which I have been, and doing interviews and stuff, which I've had a few of those. So I'm already kind of active in that, but I'm like, I am kind of only left to work on my own mama. And I'm like, okay, like, I... I mean, here's the thing I, I realized. When there is that helpless situation of like, there's an ice storm, we don't have power, we don't have Wi-Fi, I've rolled my ankle, it's like, well, what's left? Like, I guess this is my path, right? Like, it kind of is like a relief in that way, even though it's stressful at first and you're like, oh no, what do I do? It's also like, well what else can I do? And it's kind of a nice break. We don't often get those in, in life, you know. You know how sometimes when the power goes out and everyone, I mean, it's stressful and everything, but it is kind of an excuse to just be like, well, <laughs> guess we're lighting candles and playing board games instead of watching TV, right? Like, it's kind of cool. So it felt cool in that sense. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do my full-on morning routine and get connected. And funny enough, mamas, in this month, I told you it's been hard. <laughs> I've been going through... Heartbreak. As you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend I'm fine when I'm not. I'm healing, okay? It hurts. I miss him. And we haven't spoken or anything. And get this, mamas. You know how I shared the ring story about how his ring, like the ring that I associated with him, somehow made it here to Texas? That day or the next day, I was prepared to remove him off of my Snapchat because I had wanted to post a couple things on my story and I was like, but I don't want him to see it. And I'm like, but that's like, I don't want to not do what I want to do just because of him. You know what I mean? It just felt like, okay, well, I guess this is time for me to let him go on Snapchat. And as my finger was hovering over it, I just felt my body close up. Like, no, don't. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird because like you would think letting go of an ex is usually a good thing, right? But I was like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to my gut and keep him on my Snapchat. And I didn't post my story. So I just sent it to close friends instead. And I went on Snapchat and I was scrolling through, um, you know why I was scrolling through um, my contacts. And I saw an X where the camera used to be next to Carter. So I'm like, what does that mean? So I'm Googling and some of you already know what that means. It means he unfriended me on Snapchat. And I clicked on our conversation and man, Snapchat's just telling me everything. It's like, Carter cleared the conversation as of January 14th. I'm like, am I even supposed to know this? Like, okay. Um, and then I'm like, 
okay, like what, what do I even do with this information? This sucks, first of all, but I also was like, the reason that I was supposed to keep him on was so that I could see that he removed me. That's how it feels. I could, could be wrong about that, but that's what I'm like, okay, that's the only thing that makes sense. And I mean, we can get lost in thinking of why, you know, we can obsess over like, why did he unfriend me? Is it just too hard to have me? And he misses me, like I'm just justifying it, right? Or is it like, he's he's over it? Or if he's like, he had regrets um, about like, like rebounding with me like if you guys have read the book eat pray love or well i love that book but eat pray hashtag fml by gabrielle bernstein um she talks about like a a soul connection with a guy and everything moved really fast like after a very long-term intense relationship and then they connected like she had never connected um with her ex before and it just felt like mining Carter's story kind of like in reverse and uh and he basically got cold feet all of a sudden like he went from total passion to cold feet and I'm like I mean was that our situation it could have been but in the book she really like pursued him and she kept pushing it and like he cared for her and still had feelings for her but she just kept pushing it and I mean she probably wouldn't even have this perspective um because I was waiting for her to realize that like but she just kind of blamed him the whole time so that has not been our dynamic I haven't reached out to Carter once since our small talk conversation in the trailer back in Canada and so anyway right there's a million explanations but how it feels to me emotionally is it's time to let it go and I keep coming back to this affirmation this mantra of I'm letting go of what no longer serves me right and I love Carter deeply um but I'm missing him less in the sense that in my given reality, he couldn't fit. You know what I mean? Like I'm in Texas. I am here for another two months and um, like he's still got to get divorced in this whole process. Like that was a long relationship, a marriage that he was in, right? And everything happened so quick with us. There are no shortcuts in the process. And I understand that I my kryptonite is men and relationships, okay? A little love addiction going on situation. And I, I now have recovered and healed enough that I can recognize that, right? And work around that. But I'm realizing like in order for me to be reaching my full potential, I need to be on my own. I need to be empowered in myself and no more, you know, meant to be no matter what like I don't care if Leo DiCaprio asks me on a date I'm well <laughs> I would totally date Leo DiCaprio <laughs> let's be real but I'm too old for him Ooh, um 
But if a meant to be situation comes up, I'm still going to have those blocks up. Like, I know this is not the time in my life to be dating. This is the time in my life to be on my own. And it's funny. So like in this time of cultivating my own mama and really working on stuff, I have started an Instagram, right? And then I'm reposting my episodes. So you'll know how how I have my inception, my mom-ception of like, as I'm editing a podcast, it's perfectly relevant to what I needed to hear. And so like I say, I'm trusting if it's resonating for me, it's resonating for others. And so my, my first one that I've been really wrestling with is episode one, you're destined for a happily ever after which I think is the perfect beginning to this podcast because it is that like hope and that like destiny and no matter how dark things get and where my journey takes me, there's happily ever after in the end. And, but there's a lot to that. Like, so first of all, I'm looking at my life and my situation and I'm like, what even is my happily ever after? I mean, when we look at our life situations, we, we look at, four main things, right? Some people may have others, but like your job, your money, your home, and your relationship, right? And relationships in general, but for me, romance is what I'm specifically talking about and like family and stuff. So I'm looking at my life and realizing what my happily ever after is, right? I'm providing for myself financially. I'm generating in abundance, Okay, I'm doing a job that I love that fulfills me that I'm contributing, you know, and to me, my own mama is that no matter what my job is, as long as I keep outpouring my heart on this, I'm going to feel fulfilled. But ideally, I'm doing a job that fulfills me as well. And then my home, right? Like I want my uh, a house of my own. I don't want to be house poor. I want to be able to afford it and live comfortably and be able to transform it and make it my own like sanctuary, safe space and have room for growth, right? Like I literally want a tiny home and then I want a fixer upper home and then I want like a cabin and then I want a fire pit and a garden and then I want a custom built home for my family right so this is like the process that I want okay and then love y'all know I want my life partner I want my person that I get to explore like life and laughter and love and intimacy with and that person to bring in my little soulmate babies who I know are just waiting for me to be ready and I'm not yet and they're waiting patiently and I'm happy with that and I leave room for change if there's anything I've learned in this journey mamas leave room for change because there's magic in that right and but so I'm I'm posting this I'm like this is what my happily ever after looks like And where I am is nowhere near that, (laughs) right? Like my job does not even pay the bills hardly, right? Like when I get back to Canada, I I am grateful to get back to Canada where working is going to be a lot easier. I'm comfortable getting a job in the field that I have worked, which is childcare. I've always worked that. It it shouldn't be hard for me to get a job. Right now, I cannot. I'm literally on leave from my work. 
and I'm applying places here, but the visa process, like I can't work. So (laughs) that's that. Anyway, my job situation is very far from happily ever after in the sense that I don't have one now and the one that I do have isn't good enough and the one that I will get isn't necessarily my dream job. Um, But there we go. Money. Let's talk about money. I am officially a broke bitch, okay? I'm in debt. I am in debt. Did I not mark my words, mama? My worst fear is debt and homelessness and all this stuff. I, I like I go out and put groceries on my credit card and I'm like, wow, I literally can't afford these right now. This is crazy. But okay. And that was has been part of my process this month where I'm like, I was terrified and so anxious, feeling so inferior. My roommates are all hard at work and I'm like, I can't, but I got myself in this situation and I'm feeling irresponsible and I'm feeling like, like a fringe member of society, right? Like it doesn't feel good. Um, and, and I'm broke. And I'm like, if my, if I have credit card problems, like I'm, I don't know, I'm fucked. And here I'm checking my privilege that if I ever really needed help, I could ask either sets of my parents, right? Like that's such a privilege. And I know I've said homelessness and all this stuff. I mean, truly, if I was in dire straits, what one of my parents would come fly down. But I've reframed my thinking where I'm like, I am in a privileged position in my life where I can tell the banks, like, I promise you, I will pay you back. And they believe me, right? Like, again, I'm, I'm just so grateful. Like, so many people do not have access to this, right? And, um, but, and I also am like, I've renewed my faith in this whole process of like, I am confident sharing this with you mamas because I'm not the only one that feels like they're at rock bottom in any of these categories, right? Let alone all of them. But I know that it helps to hear me too, okay? Me too, mamas. I'm in debt. I'm broke. I'm not making money right now. This is a low point. And I also believe that if you keep showing up and doing hard work, even though you have nothing to show for it, right? Like, I feel like I have nothing to show for it, even though I'm, I feel like I'm putting in so much work, but it's like, if somebody asks me, how was your day? I'm like, I don't even know. Like I've literally just thought a lot of, of today away. I've done my yoga. I've done my meditation. Like what more do you want from me? I had a life chat with someone, you know, like it's, it's weird. And I've been working a lot on the trailer, but again, like I said, this week with the ice storm and my ankle, no, like I've been focusing on my own mama, which I have nothing to show for it besides the podcast and the website. And yeah, so this is where I'm at money wise, nowhere near my happily ever after nowhere near abundance and making six figures and making seven figures and generating income and living in abundance so that I can live generously for the people I love and the passions that I have, right? And like putting your money as your vote, right? It's a big vote. Like I have things I wanna vote for. I I don't always wanna thrift my clothes. I wanna find sustainable companies and buy 
new sometimes, right? Like I want to put good money into good quality farmers market meat that I know the animals are being treated well. Like I'm eating vegetarian right now. And again, privilege, I have vitamins, right? So that helps get me through. But it's like, I don't want to buy this cheap shit meat from HEB where the chickens have been abused their whole life. Like I don't want to participate in that. And no judgment, everybody has their own contributions and their own passions. You know, like one of my roommates will drink out of plastic water bottles, right? So that's not her sustainability passion or whatever. But she cared for our next door neighbor's dog who is being abused outside. And I literally, in all my walks, mamas, never even noticed this dog. And out she goes. She went and gave him water. She She's called animal control n- numerous times. Like, so all this to say is we all have our different areas of strength and contribution and it doesn't help to try and be a perfectionist in all the areas right like i'm like like that animal animal cruelty is not really my cross to bear right amanda's amazing for it my roommate's good for it but hey you won't catch me buying plastic water bottles you know we all have our different strengths and it's not a comparison and it's not like like I say, we can't be perfect in every area. So just do what you can do, what's passionate for you. But all this to say is I want to put my money into quality things, right? And I want to be able to buy my friend the book that I I think of them. Like, I'm like, I want you to have this book, but I'm like, fuck, but that's, it's money I don't have right now, but it's on the back burner, you know? Like, I want to just be able to do that. So um, I'm admitting that, you know, and, and just doing that. And f- this is where I feel like there's a lot of death and like ego death where it's like, I'm facing it. I'm facing the fact that I'm broke and I want money and there's grief in that. And clearly I'm not grieving in this very moment, but I have been grieving this month that I just feel so far away from what I want, from what my happily ever after looks like. But guess what, mamas? I'm going to get there and you're going to watch it happen. So, and then the last category is love. And y'all know I want my life partner, my love, and my babies and my family, you know, like when the time is right. But I know I want to establish myself um, and just like embody the power and potential that I can have for my life. Um, whatever that looks like. And I leave room for that. I All I know is I am a willing candidate for whatever my intuition tells me. So I want to tell you that one thing that I decided in my struggle was to find a church, a local church. And I haven't shared with you my um, church trauma because believe you me, there was. There were creepy youth pastors involved. There were, it's very culty, like just, and I, I, I don't want to use that word casually, but just like a lot of like heaven and hell shit, like, like burning in hell. Like that was, 
that was normal. You know, I was genuinely scared of demons when I was a kid because I thought like they were real, right? And I'm not saying they're not, but like it was a part of my fear mongering, right? Of like obey God and instant obedience and forgiveness and like what that means and how forgiveness is, you just get a blank slate every time you say a Hail Mary, right? And we're not Catholic, but you know what I mean? Like say, God has taken my sins and it's almost like a lack of accountability and a perpetuating of dysfunctional, abusive uh, cycles that are allowed, right? Because it's like, well, God forgives me, so you have to forgive me, right? This kind of stuff. So church has taken me a long time to warm back up to, and I have a very, very different perspective on it again, right? We, we don't see how much we've changed until we're back in old situations. And so I'm doing my research. I'm like, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm near Austin, Texas. There's got to be a good church around. So I find this church called Gateway. And uh, I will actually link them below if you're ever interested in like, I think they only play it live, but on Sundays, um, they have services at 9.15 and 11.15 Texas time. So that would be 10.15 and 12.15 Canada time, Ontario time, I should say. Um, But so I find this church and I'm like, I'm just going to go. And I was weirdly like not even really nervous because I have just become so comfortable in my own skin and my own company like I don't feel the need for other people to feel comfortable like even when I first came here it was like on my bucket list to go to like a restaurant or something by myself and that was like a big scary thing and I'm not trying to minimize that. It is. Um, but now I'm like, if I had the money, I'd be going out by myself. I don't care. Um, so anyway, I decide, okay, this church is feeling good. Their slogan was literally no perfect people allowed. So I show up and they had like open spots right at the front. And it was like, new here, you get this parking spot. And I'm like, oh, hell Yeah. And on my drive, mamas, okay, here are like the little signs that made me feel like this was the right church for me. The service was at 1115 and I had planned to get there super early, but there was traffic and stuff. So my whole drive there, my estimated time of arrival was 1111. And uh, you know what, mamas, you're my tribe. I'm just gonna open up. 11.11, I have, you know how I have different meanings for different times. Like 5.55 is obviously my power number. Um, and 11.11 always reminds me of Carter because, um, ugh, I don't know how much I want to share because it's not his story or it's not my story, it's his, but it's a significant time for one reason. And then the other reason is that we were out by a fire and we looked up at the sky and there were shooting stars and stuff. And uh, he like wished on a star and just like, I I was kind of pestering him like, oh, what'd you wish for, right? And he's like, well, I can't tell you or it won't come true, right? Classic. And we, we just had the eye contact, right? Where he's like, I think you know what I wished for. Um, 
And so like just the 1111 and the wishing. And I told y'all I went to the Puss in Boots movie with my roommate and it was called like Wish Upon a Star or something. And just, there were so many reminders. I'm like, oh my gosh, but in a good way, like it just, it's in a good way. Reminders of Carter are positive omens for me here, right? That's how I met Chance because it was a firefighter owned RV. He saved me three grand on the travel trailer. He is hopefully going to be generating income for me for when I'm back in Canada and he's renting out my trailer. Like there was a fire truck next to Creeperville house and that always like made me feel safe like there was a protection there so anyway it's always felt like a positive like meant to be sign when it's associated with Carter so my arrival was 11 11 I go in to the service and they have coffee there and stuff and I'm like in line for coffee but then I hear the live music and I'm like oh no like screw coffee I need to go experience this so I go in and uh, I like, I'm walking down an aisle and I, I want the best seat in the house. I don't care. Like I'm here for the concert. I'm here for like, I'm here to, I don't care if I'm seen being alone. I'm just, I am just here for it. Right. And I see this girl um, who's also, who's standing alone. And so I go in that aisle and I, I go next to her. I'm like, is the seat taken? And she says, no. I said, okay, great. So I leave a space between us. So we're comfortable. And I, just I'm standing there and the music starts and it's unlocking something in my heart um immediately like there's something about live music mamas it's just therapeutic oh my gosh and on the screen is a big 1111 like it's like a like a jungle themed 1111 and it's all I can see and I'm like oh my gosh, can we not? Like, So I'm crying already because the music is going and the 1111 is going and again. And this poor girl next to me, I'm like, just take it. Like, okay, this is who I am. I've packed tissues. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Um, and so I already knew it was going to be an emotional experience for me because I was so lost from God for so long and just had it all wrong on who God even is. And I know it's such a triggering like topic and to say God and stuff, it sounds religious, but in my whole journey in Texas, mamas, I have never felt alone. And that's crazy. And well, I will say I have felt alone at at some times, but those are the times that I'm being hard on myself and I'm being self-critical. And every time I am, I notice judgment blocks love, right? So when I'm judging myself, that's when I can't feel my relationship with God. As soon as I look at myself, like I visualize this little monkey experiencing what I'm experiencing, right? And you can have this too, anything that resonates. You can have like a little chicken or something that like, if you're feeling upset and sad, instead of like dismissing your own feelings and being like, well, I shouldn't feel this way. Imagining that like this little chicken was just like crumpled up and molting and it's like a visual of you. And then you have this tenderness towards this other creature, right? So if we can apply that to ourselves, it's a fucking game changer. And I do this during meditation where like, 
I imagine when my thoughts go off, right? Because it's not about the thoughts themselves. It's about our relationship to the thoughts. It's about the coming back to the breath, right? That's all it's about. That's what the practice is. It's not about reducing your thinking. It's about coming back to your breath in a loving way, right? And so when I go off on a tangent, which I always do, we, we always do, it's how we're built. I sometimes will visualize my monkey and being like, oh, monkey, like you're just thinking about your friends right now. How cute. Or like, oh, monkey, you're, you're feeling really scared right now. Like I see it. I feel it. Um, and just having that compassion. And I like envision myself. Here's what I envision, mamas. Okay. You can come up with your own thing if you so desire. I would love that for you. But I have, there's a bench in port where I'm staying in, in the trailer in Canada. There's a bench that overlooks the sunset. And I just always picture looking at this like woman sitting on the bench who is me and this little monkey next to her. And she's got like her arm around him and they're just kind of like nuzzled watching the sunset. And I imagine that as like my my thinking self and this loving mama it just clicked to me this week mama's like that is my loving mama inside me right and so when I can disassociate or like put those feelings into another creature who is adorable by the way a cute little monkey with a diaper on and he's a boy so I don't know what that's about like you know I'm not making this shit up um and she will comfort him right so I knew going to church was going to unlock some emotions for me. And um, I just let it happen as if I was this little monkey in distress. And I'm like, I just have love for you. It's okay. I'm holding space for it. We're here. And the service was about... Okay, if, if any of you have been to church, you may have heard of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how basically they were slaves captured by the king and the king says, everyone has to bow to me. And they're like, no, because you're not God. And he's like, well, y'all are growing in the furnace if you don't freaking bow. And they're like, throw us in the furnace then because you're not God. Which I'm like, ooh, snap. Like, I hope I would have that courage in that moment. And uh, so he ends up throwing them in the furnace. And the story that's recorded in the book of Daniel is that there were actually four figures in the furnace and they were not burning. So they came out and you can say this is hearsay, whatever, but just take it, even if it's just an analogy, right? The story was... God was in the fire with them and protected them in that situation. And they came out and they lived to tell the tale, right? And the story, the moral of the story that he spoke of, Carlos, I believe is his name. He's a beautiful speaker, very like funny and humble too. And just like human, I love that. And he's like, God is not going to stop us from going through the fires, but he is going to be there with us. And oh, mamas, you you can just imagine the puddle that, <laughs> that I was in my seat because I'm like, I'm in the fire. I have been going through the fire. And even like my psychic saying, you need fire, Jazz, like, and I just feel like I've been dying. 
to myself over and over and over again. My deep, dark secrets being posted, my shame about money, my shame about my past and my abuse and my my role and my dysfunction. And, um, and the, just the humiliations and the inadequacies and the inferiority and these feelings of deep dark that I feel like I'm in the fire and even just being on my own in Texas remodeling this travel trailer it's been one obstacle after another that I feel like I'm in the fire or I'm drowning right like I use both of those analogies and he is saying you know God is not going to stop us from being in the fire but he's coming in with us and if that's not love I don't know what is because it's like he's I say he, but she or whatever is so loving that they will hold, that God holds space for whatever, however messy that process is with love and compassion and will endure it with us. And that's the sacrifice. That's the sacrificial love. Love is not just you get everything you want. And we we know that, right? You can see it in parenting. If a kid wants all the candy in the world and the the parent gives it to them, that's not love. We see the dysfunction of that. We see the negative consequences. There has to be both sides, right? And, And I've fucked up my life in a lot of ways. And God is helping me unravel that. Um, and holding space for that whole process for me. And so, yeah, like I say, I just was felt so comforted because that, that is how I felt this whole time is God loves me enough to hold space for my process. And I have felt many times when I'm bawling my eyes out on my bed, it's like God is there crying with me. Like he's so hurt that I'm hurt because he loves me more than I even love myself. Right. And so I just, I mean, it was so meaningful to me, that message. And then the next week was all about humility and how it's not about having an over, an overinflated sense of ego where it's like, I'm doing all of these things and you're not doing these things and like a, like a looking down on someone, but it's not about an underinflated ego where it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like I'm whatever. It's like having the confidence to know that you have the power that God has given you. Right. And, and I mean, this is what I deem being your own mama, right? It's like nurturing and loving yourself. And being your own mama bear and knowing your value and your worth so that you can show up better for the people that you love, right? Like you can have the confidence. If you know that you're a gift rather than a burden, then it's a cause for action for you to show up. When I found out that the meaning of my name is not just a flower, Jasmine, it literally means gift from God. I started crying immediately because my wound has been I'm a burden. And the whole time, my destiny, my, my name meaning, my imprint is that I am actually a gift from God. And I'm not saying this like I'm a gift and you're welcome and whatever. It's like, no, we all are. Like I am you, you are me. You are here on earth as a beautiful gift to the world and you have something that nobody else can give 
There is no comparison. There is no other, I'm thinking of my friends' names, you know, in my head, there's no other, you know who you are. You are the only one who has your story. You're the only one who can say that you've been through what you've been through. You're the only one who can say it in the way that you can. You're the only one with your creative offering and you are a gift. So in that lesson, it was also, you know, talking about the humility, right? And realizing it's not about me. It's not about me. This is for love. This is for other people, right? And I I keep thinking of Harry Potter about this, but I don't know how how much of a tangent I want to go into that. Let's go there. I love Harry Potter. Gryffindor. Um, But like, you know how Harry had the Horcrux in him, right? Spoiler alert. And it was all part of Dumbledore's plan. Dumbledore I see as like God. It was part of Dumbledore's plan for Harry to die to himself in order to live a full life, right? He knew what he would have to go through to be free of the Horcrux that was in him, okay? This is epic. This is why J.K. Rowling has been so successful. She gets it. And the thing is, I realized we are all Harry Potter, right? But like, they're all doing that, yes, because Harry is special, right? but it's for love. It's to overcome fear. Who is Voldemort, right? It's, it's to battle that because they knew Harry was an integral piece of that. And so it was always in the loving plan to protect Harry and to create the best possible life for him in order to fulfill overcoming fear and unlocking love right? I just see these patterns in everything, okay? But especially these stories that are are so fantastic, so successful, right? I mean, I think it's it's up there with the Bible, right? Um, There's something to it. There's a truth to it that she understands, and that is overcoming fear for love. And this is why I'm so passionate about my own mama, because when we love ourselves, when we tap into that loving mother in us who looks at our feelings and looks at our emotions and realizes you feel how you feel for a reason and I am here for it, baby. And I hear you and you are hurting. Let's get through it together. Let's breathe. You know, it's not okay. It's not okay right now, but I'm going to make it okay. But first, let me hold you. Oh. So in that lesson from church, then I got my tap on the shoulder to reach out to Sabrina and Marissa. And so um, that was a perfect service for me to, to have a humble attitude and know it's not about me, it's for love. And that's what gave me the courage to do what I needed to do. And uh, well, and that has sparked a courage in me to reach out to the people that feel right. And I already have a list of people and I'm just going to wait for the right time when I feel that tap and say, Hey, I want you. Do you want me to? (laughs) And put myself out there. When I felt the tap to talk with Sabrina after that interview, mamas, something unlocked. I'm like, 
I feel so relieved. I feel so in the flow. I feel like I can see my dream life being a content creator, being someone who creates for a living and has the room and the space in my life to be able to rest and hear and listen to God and the universe and myself and my intuition and do whatever hard thing I need to do that is right. That's for love, you know, and trust that that listening, listening, whispering voice and, and act on it. And I think God is starting to trust me. He's seeing that I'm going to show up. He's seeing that if he talks to me and he tells me something, I'm listening and I'm going to do it. And so he'll talk to me more, right? It's like any relationship. And I think God is loving hanging out with me as much as I'm loving hanging out with him. You know, I've kind of like transferred now. I I still love Carter deeply and dearly, right? But I've been shifting now to focusing on like asking God if he'll be that person that would like cuddle me when I'm lonely, when I'm sad, when I'm missing, when I'm crying. And I've been like pretending to cuddle and it's great. It's fucking great. Life hack, mamas, if you're single and alone and lonely, like why not pretend you're cuddling with someone who loves you so much? Why not? Right? It makes you feel better. Whatever. You can judge me if you want. I don't care because it feels great. And, uh, And so, like I say, I feel like God is loving that time with me as much as I'm loving that time with him. And so when it comes to the job situation, I'm trusting, I'm trusting God because I know I need to provide for myself financially. That is my, my priority. You know, as soon as I get back to Canada, I mean, as soon as I can work online again, I'm going to get as many hours as I can in on top of the trailer and my own mama and stuff. But when I'm back in Canada, I, I want to provide for myself financially but I also love spending this creative time with God. So I'm hoping that he'll orchestrate a way for that to happen. And maybe it's not now, maybe it's not ever, and that's fine. I accept it, Um, but I have a feeling that it's all going to work out. And this is why I share my bottom point with you, because it's gonna get good. It's gonna get good. Just have a feeling. Just have a feeling. So, I know my experience is unique, and I'm at a rock bottom in all the ways, but... I am finding this joy and light, lightness and trust and surrender and savoring the process. I'm not in my happily ever after right now, mamas, but one day I will be. And in the present, this is a beautiful time. I'm cultivating friendships around me. I'm free right now to create to my heart's content. Um, and what I was working on creating was YouTube and getting my videos up on there. Um, I just have a good feeling about that. So um, I'm free to dive into that and have live this creative lifestyle and see what I can output in the next week and a half. You know, let's see what happens. I'm here for it. So um, yeah, like I say, I know I have a unique experience and 
a lot of adversity in this year that's compounding, but I'm finding a lightness, I'm finding a joy. And although you're not in the exact same situation as me, all I feel called to do is to share my story and my experience and take what resonates, baby, leave what doesn't. I know feelings are hard. Um, They will kill you. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But when you get to the other side, there's joy. There's joy. And lean on your peace, mamas, and your sweet self-care. Just one baby step that you can love yourself. This is your intuition speaking. Love yourself in one small way today. What's it gonna be? Like I say, I hope this podcast can be a form of self-care for you, but I challenge you to write in your phone right now one thing that you are gonna do for yourself, okay? Think of the five love languages. Are you going to cuddle tonight? Are you gonna rub your arm while you sleep? Are you going to put a sticker on your mirror that says you are beautiful? Are you going to buy yourself a little something or a big something, depending how much money you're making? Um, are you going to meal prep something that, that's delicious for yourself? So you, you're doing yourself a favor for the week. Are you going to carve time out for you? Especially if you're a real mama, like have babies, are you going to carve time out for you? And if you don't have babies still, are you going to set that intentional time aside? You know, what is one thing that you can do for you today, mama? Thank you so much for being here. You are my people. You are my tribe. And I, I think the world of you. And uh, you're a gift. You are. Nobody else is like you. You are so special and you are so special to me. So until next week, mamas, take care. Bye. Bye.